and welcome to Herbology. I'm Anne. And I'm Kevin. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing Gone as a Girl Can Get, which is season two, episode number 11. Written by Alexandra Zeroni, directed by Paolo Barsman, and this one aired August 18th, 2017. What an opening yes. scene. <laughs> <laughs> And we definitely need to make sure to get our spoiler warning out there because we're going to be talking about lots of connections later in the series, folks. So if you're unaware, anything and everything from the series is fair game on any of our episodes. So you have been warned if you're new. Yes. Uh, if you're new, welcome. <laughs> it's, we just celebrated our year birthday. I, yes. I can't believe it's been a year already. Mm-hmm. Happy late birthday. Yeah, but welcome. We're glad to have you at any time you join us, but hopefully you've watched the show by now. That would help, yes. <laughs> the show being Winona Earp, what an opening scene. I I remember being so confused. I was like, did I miss an episode in between? Like Waverly was just in shorties yelling for Winona. What, how did we get here? Oh, yeah. It's definitely one of those ones where you look and make sure you didn't somehow fast forward or start the wrong episode if you're doing a binge or something. Yeah, I think I even went back to the other episode and was like, wait a minute. we That's how we ended, right? Like, what is, what is happening? She was screaming, talking about a wedding, and now we're in like a Marvel universe, practically. Just another example of you got to be ready for anything in one but yeah, burning tires are rolling by. Nicole's protecting Waverly and just shooting people left and right. And the homestead has appears to have been taken over by revenants. They go and take shelter in the barn where Jeremy is. And Waverly's just yelling about how she found it. Jeremy's holding a detonator. I mean, a lot is happening. He's like, be care, you know, be careful. I can't die. I've only had sex one and a half times. Waverly says she knows how to get her back. They're all like, who are you talking about? Everyone's as confused as we are, apparently. And she says, why Nona? But mm -hmm. I mean, what a fun, interesting twist, this whole concept of this whole episode. Oh, it is. It is. Again, it's another one of those strap yourself in because here we go. Who knows what's coming next? Yeah. And it's it's kind of like that. Um like a Christmas Carol kind of episode where the main character doesn't exist. So like, what would this world even look like? And, you know, I didn't know at the time that it was be had to do with Melanie's pregnancy. So mm -hmm. that was, you know, just a neat thing that they planned it that way, just kind of safeguarding things as, as Emily said in her interview with Bridget from the uh, TV Junkies, she just said, well, Bridget said, was that a safeguard done in case Melanie did have the baby early? And Emily said, bingo, that's exactly what it was. We block shoot and shot episodes 11 and 12 together. As is common knowledge now, Melanie's due date was a week after we wrapped. In fact, she gave birth four days after we wrapped because she's such a freaking superhero. We just had to make sure if something happened, God forbid, or if she went early or if was on bed rest, that we had a backup plan. But yeah, that was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And, and such a creative idea on what to do to find a way not to have her around yeah i mean just and and it added so much to it like of course the show is winona earp we have to have her there but to be able to take a character out like that and have all the other characters bring it up to speed and do this other alternative thing that didn't leave us going okay what's going on it's not always easy to do mm -hmm. and also being the penultimate episode too you're kind of thinking okay some shit has to be solved hurry up the end of the season is coming we cannot stay in this alternate universe forever no this this alternate universe idea might be something you see in a show you know early in the season mid-season but as the next to last one it was like what the heck yeah and uh doc is in the well he's yelling for winona his phone rings but he's freaking out and he answers his phone and it's stevie which you know Normally, they wouldn't be talking on the phone together, I don't think. Doc's confused by all this, and he's like, get me out of here. And Stevie's just standing at the top of the well, like, there's a like something wrong with that ladder that's right next to you. So <laughs> there's a ladder there the whole time, but he's so freaked out, he didn't even know. So he just climbs right out, and he's relieved, and Stevie's like, well, did you find it? And Doc assumes he's talking about Peacemaker, 
And Stevie's like, no, you know, the ring. And Doc's like, I don't give two shits about that ring right now. And Stevie brings up that, well, he has slashed eight guys since it went missing. And Doc's like, yeah, well, something's missing. All right. Take me to the Earp homestead. And Stevie says that the Earp name has been banned by Doc himself. It's like, we don't even say that name anymore. And then Doc's is like, Doc is like, well, if it's my rule, then I, I can break it. Now take me there for God's sake. And then he turns around. And he's like, and somebody put a lid on that damn, damn well. <laughs> Yeah, and plays that so well being freaked out. <laughs> you can like, understand. Just pour some cement in that thing already. <laughs> yeah. And I think I mentioned last episode, I don't know if I did it on air or not. Um, but I have the script for this this episode. And you know, there's several different versions of scripts, so uh, and I don't know enough about TV making to know like what they all mean, but there were a couple scenes that are not in here that are in the script that are really kind of interesting. And one of them I think comes in like right about here and it's Nicole um, in the BBD offices. And she's, it's kind of interesting because she's analyzing the plate. Like she knows more about the plate than we see in the show or that mm -hmm. like is portrayed. So that was kind of interesting when I was reading through it. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to cross reference. I haven't really done that with any other episodes yet. Um, but so yeah, so there are a couple scenes where she's like, she's talking about the plate and she just has like more theories about the plate than we saw. Um, and that dolls was like kind of torturing some creatures that never came to light either. Mm, okay. Which is interesting. And she wasn't happy with it. She was like, I don't think it's right. You know, and he's like, mm -hmm. we got to get answers. So it's like, it was an alternative universe, obviously. Um, but to see that she still had that, like, I don't think this is right. Like, we shouldn't be torturing the demons. It was kind of interesting, but again, we didn't see it. And then at the homestead, the Erp Arch has replaced and it's now been named the holiday house and things are a mess here aren't they oh goodness yes <laughs> one of the one of the fun behind the scenes video is production design talking about being able to totally go crazy on this version of the uh, homestead yeah absolute chaos doc is like being chauffeured around in this giant humvee vehicle he's he arrives and all the revenants are just kind of like crowding around him and they're calling him boss and talking about a shipment that went out and it's interesting because doc catches on kind of quick and he just rolls with it he you know he doesn't know what they're talking about but he just like plays the bit to kind of fit into the whole situation and not call attention to himself well, that's that's our doc, right? You know, situational. What's going on? How how do I use it to my advantage? What you know, he's he's used to playing. I mean, he's a poker player. I was going to say, ever the poker player. <laughs> yep. Don't tip it, your hand. You have no idea what's going on. Nope. So yeah. So he just rolls with it, and then he hears some shooting, and they say, "Oh, she's at it again." And one of the guys is like, "Oh, I'll go take care of her," but Doc shoves him aside, and he's like, "You know, you get back to work," because he's assuming it's he's assuming and hoping that it's Winona, but when he goes inside, he instead finds Rosita who's shooting a poster of him <laughs> not very happy at all and she's shackled and has been cooking drugs for him for six months this version of doc is really not very likable is he no no we get that established pretty darn quick mm -hmm. and he's shocked he's just kind of like what like how bad is this situation and he's like you know, Winona and the baby have been taken and he goes to grab her and she's like, doesn't even want him to touch her. She's like kind of afraid of him and angry with him. And she also doesn't know who Winona is. And he's like this, you know, in a different world, he starts to figure out what happened. He's like in a different world. My hand was on the trophy and a spell was cast that made Winona vanish. But then he kind of questions like if she ever even existed which is kind of interesting. Like, 
his, his thoughts are just kind of getting a little cloudy at this point because it's, it's just got to be a lot to wrap your head around. Yeah. And it's going to get to be more to wrap our heads around, too, as we go on. Mm hmm. He unshackles Rosita to her surprise. And she's like, what have you been taking your own product? Like, what is what are you talking about? What is going on? And then he asks if she knows a Waverly Earp. And she says she knows a Waverly Gibson. And then he's like, what about dolls? And she's like, yeah, Deputy Marshall. And she mentions that, you know, he'll shoot you on site. He's like, well, I really need to speak to him. And then she just runs out telling him that he better bring back up. And he's like, I got something better. And he grabs some dynamite and he says, this will make, I got something that'll make him listen. <laughs> so we are at the sheriff's office and things are a mess there. They have the widow Mercedes in the glass box and she's just off her rocker. You know, she's talking about she's vanished. We're free. Um, so the spell has not affected her. Like she knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you got a storyline like this, when you got characters who are on the inside and starting to drop hints. It's just kind of fun to watch it happen. Yeah. And later on, the Iron Witch mentions like, which it makes sense later on, because like those who are demonic kind of seem to know what's going on or like Doc, who had his hand on the trophy. Um, But. So, yeah, so she's she's in the box and Dallas is torturing her. And he's like, you know, you need to tell me what you know or you're going to die. And he keeps hitting this button that is like gassing her in this box that she's in. So even Dolls is like a Hardcore. much harsher version without <laughs> Winona around. Right. Yes. Yes. So we get to see like these little bits of like who everyone would be. If Winona weren't in the picture, mm -hmm. they're not all their best versions of themselves as it would turn out. No, heck no. <laughs> and then there's like, she's like, how did you catch? Because like Mercedes is talking about stuff and they're like, you know, what are you talking about? Because she's trying to talk about, she's not saying Winona, but she's like mentioning she. And then um, she's like, how did you even catch me again? And then Dahl starts reciting how, um, he caught her up until the part where like Winona would come into play. And then he just kind of like trails off. Like it's blank to him. And he's asking all kinds of questions. Like, why are you here? Why are the others drawn to the ghost river triangle? And then she says, you need to be looking for a woman. And then she starts doing her mumbly jumbly stuff about Clutie rising. And then doc storms in. And Dolls and Jeremy immediately draw their weapons on him, but he opens his jacket to show that he's strapped full of dynamite. And Doc mentions like, oh, how'd you get this cut on your face? And it turns out it's from a run-in that they had with each other. And then um, Dolls says, yeah, I've seen your work up close. Are you here to confess about the power plant, the lumber yard, Nedley's house? And then Doc says, Nedley, I would never. And then it just comes to my head this time around. So Nedley is dead in this episode. Mm -hmm. He's dead because Doc blew up his house. Apparently, yeah. Oh my God. I never like put that together until this episode. Mm -hmm. Because when we hear that passage about like him, his house being blown up, we haven't seen the picture on the wall yet that you know, is like the memorial photo of Nedley. Mm -hmm. And by the time that came around, I had already forgotten about or even didn't even hear everything that um, was mentioned in this situation because I was so caught up in way hot. But <laughs> <laughs> this time around, I'm like, oh, my God. So Doc like killed him in this universe. And And there's a line that I heard for the very first time too, a little later on, which I'll bring up. So this, again, this is why we love all these rewatches. I don't care how many times you've seen it. It's always something where you go, damn, I missed that first yeah. 12, 12 times. And I'm thinking, like, what would I have not caught in this episode? Because this is, like, a fun one, right? It's, like, mm -hmm. it's action-packed. It's fun. But, like, I did not expect to have that blow my mind. So mm -hmm. that was, was a I don't want to say fun surprise because I'm just shocked. Like, oh my gosh, you killed Nedley. Um, 
but Doc says, is this what we are without her? And then Dull says her. And then he says she was like, it's almost like it's starting to penetrate his memory too, right? Like he's almost kind of remembering. And then Doc cuts her off, cuts him off and says everything. But like, yeah, it's like, it's like he was like getting a little bit of the remembering, the, the remembering, the remembrance. <laughs> That's what I say. This is a lot of fun is the idea with a spell or, or something like this. It, it's like when you have something that you know, but you can't think of the word or something or the correct name of someone, but you know, you know it and you just feel like it's there, but you just can't quite mm-hmm. pull it in. And that's what this is for. And we get so many little glimpses throughout, you know, the first half or two thirds is that everybody is just this close to, to either saying my owner or understanding that something happens, but they don't quite pull it out. Yeah, I have more of those days now that I'm getting older, that's for sure. <laughs> like two days later, it'll uh, come to me in the car and I'll just blurt it out and like, oh, that's what it was. So then Doc is, you know, right at the, you know, end of Dolls's gun. And he's like, you know, remember, you have to remember her. And then he gets clonked in the back of the head by Nicole. And uh, Doll says, you know, just put him in the box with the widow. And that this is like one of the best scenes too. This, this scene, I know this is a favorite for a lot of people. We are at the sheriff's office, and Nicole is asking Lonnie why she's holding a missing person report for a pug, and she's just she's so frustrated with this ineptness, and she's like, she looks and she says, "I'm trying my best, old man." And that's when she looks at the wall, and we see the memorial photo of Nedley. And then she looks at the clock right before it's about to strike noon. And she just quickly hurries to like reapply some fresh lip gloss and then straightens out her hair a little bit. And the scene is just so fun with like the music and the slow mo as Waverly comes strutting in to deliver her regular order, which is a chicken salad. But she's brought pickles this time. And she's like, do you like pickles? <laughs> Cole's like, love them, but her face is not very convincing. <laughs> uh, and she talks about, you know, uh, she's like, yeah, I just, you know, the food's not really moving as fast as it used to. And Nicole's like, well, if you put your face on the sign, you know, of shorties, it would really sell a lot of stuff. And Waverly mentioned something about like, oh, well, we need to put my face on the now leaving purgatory sign. And Nicole's like, oh, you're really going to go through with it, huh? And this is where we see Waverly's wearing an engagement ring. And she's there to fill out a change of name form. And um, Lonnie offers to take care of this. And Nicole's like, no, no, no. I got I got it. I got it. And, you know, we see that even in this universe, like, Nicole is smitten by Waverly. Oh, big time. Big time. How, how, like you said, how cute is all of this as it's happening? Yeah, it's just it's so gushy and heart eyes and but they're not together, you know, but it's just like you can just see the chemistry still the sparks flying as I think Emily even puts it in their postmortem. But so Nicole starts filling out the information that she already knows. You know, she knows Waverly's first name and last name. And it turns out her birthday and Waverly's shocked by this. And Nicole's a little bit surprised too. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I do. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I know? How do I know this? Right? Right. Again, little little tease of information someone knows that they should. Yeah. And it's almost like because they because it's that alternate reality, right? It's like her brain Mm -hmm. knows it, but she didn't even know she, it's like her hand is like the brain is talking straight to her hand and she's not even thinking about it kind of thing. And then Waverly goes on to, you know, just say like, oh yeah, my last, my real last name's Earp and I was raised by my aunt Gus and yuck, you know, the, the Earp name is such a curse, which was interesting. And Nicole's like, oh, I, I didn't really know that. And then this is when Waverly notices Nicole's wedding ring. And she like even touches it, which is like would be odd normally um, and like starts rubbing her hands across it. She's like, oh, it's so simple. And Nicole mutters that this that's one thing marriage is not. And then 
very softly, Nicole's like, why am I wearing this? Yep. And it's like this present day Nicole and AU Nicole are having this like internal battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we in the audience are doing the same thing. Yeah. Like what? Who is this? Think about it. Think about it. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, Waverly's just talking about how she's looking for a fresh start and how she'd be a fool not to marry him. And Nicole says, you know, as long as you believe it in your heart. And then Waverly says she sort of feels like she's running toward a cliff, terrified to jump. And Nicole says one of the iconic lines, when it's right, you don't think about the cliff because you're sure when you reach the edge, you'll fly. It's just. Like I said, how cute is this whole scene? This whole scene. (laughs) And like the whole setup with the fun music and the slow-mo and just like she's getting so excited for her to come and deliver this. Yeah. You know, and they're both like promised to other people. Um, and then Lonnie interrupts and he's like, Don't you die if you go off a cliff? <laughs> and then uh, Waverly gets a text that her ride is waiting outside. And as she leaves, Lonnie's like, Can I have your pickles? You don't even like them. And she's like, Well, now I do. Because <laughs> they came from Waverly. Exactly. Anything Waverly <laughs> likes, I'm down with now. Mm-hmm. And then um, in in the one of the deleted scenes in the script I have, when Nicole leaves the sheriff's office, she is walking down the street with Shay and they're still together and oh, not wow. divorced. And I didn't even think about when I watched this episode the other times that it was Shay's ring that she was wearing, which makes oh, yeah. It makes the obvious choice, but like, I have no idea what I was thinking, who she was married to, Mm -hmm. but it's as if the divorce just didn't even happen in this situation. Right. Yeah. I blocked it out so bad. I just didn't, I just (laughs) couldn't see her with anyone else. Make it go away. Make it go away. She's just wearing her (laughs) dad's ring. I don't know. Like it's a family heirloom. I don't know. And at the sheriff's office, Doc is in the box now with Widow Mercedes talking about, you know, every second they're without her is another that they're doomed. And he's yelling for dolls and Jeremy. He's like yelling for anyone to like come help him. Right. Mercedes is just mocking him. And Danny is so good at being scary in this episode. She's just like she's off the rails in that box. Oh, she is. And even, you know, Tim with the hissing at her at one point, I mean. They were just having so much fun in that. Mm-hmm. She tries to venom him, but she's all out of poison. And um, he even like teases her about that. And she's like, how did you know? And then he's like, well, dolls would never put me in danger. Um, you know, so like dolls must have known that like you weren't that that bad or he wouldn't have put me in here. And she's like, he hates your guts. Like, I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> what universe, right? And yep. then dolls even said, or Doc even says, only in this world, mm-hmm. which is interesting. All the things they've been through. And he's like, no, he doesn't hate my guts. Only in this world. And Mercedes can see that something has shifted. And she's like, oh, you see it too. And she knows about Winona. I think she even says her name there. Outside, Waverly has met her ride, her fiance, and it's Perry Croft. Didn't see mm-hmm. that coming. Mm-hmm. Nice way to bring back a character. Yeah. I mean, I thought for sure it was going to be champ. So that's, that was a nice surprise. It's like, at least it wasn't champ. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they share like the most pathetic of all kisses. There's just like nothing behind it. There are no heart eyes like there was in the sheriff's office. And Waverly's talking about how she can't wait to get out of purgatory. And Perry's like, really? Cause like, I think you're going to miss it. And she just dismisses him saying, you know, she can finally go to school instead of doing it online and finish her history degree. And she can travel to India and Spain. And like, this is so hard to hear because the truth is that she, like, Nicole can't leave. So it's like Waverly can still travel now, but not if she wants Nicole to go with her. So it was just kind of hard to hear, like, those travel thoughts that she had in the alternate universe. And it turns out that Waverly's been dragging her feet on this marriage situation. And they've had like three wedding, three different wedding dresses, three different venues. Um, 
And she apologizes and she's just like, you know, something's just always seems to be missing. And then Perry says, yeah, closure. And he starts talking about how he hired a private investigator to look into Wyatt and Willa's murders. Um, but he didn't say anything to her because he didn't want her to get her hopes up until like he knew he had something. And then she gets mad, like the same kind of mad she got when Nicole, you know, knew about the DNA stuff and didn't tell her. I and love that callback. I know. It's so fun. <laughs> and, you know, she's like, oh, well, knowing something about me before me is like a total invasion of my privacy. And and then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. It's like, well, we know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your DNA, girl. Yeah. You, you've gone down this path before. <laughs> it's fresh, like hot off the presses, like just happened. And um, he's like, we found the man. He's at St. Jude's, St. Jude's, and he's been asking for you. And it turns out it's Bobo, which oh, was another great way. Like we knew he came back to life but we hadn't really seen him yet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's why it's a great part of the story to come in here mm -hmm. yeah and uh when the nurse or attendant who or whoever lets waverly into the room she says did you check all your metal items at the front desk and she's like yeah but you know they didn't tell me why and i missed that detail originally too that's the line i was talking about i do not remember that from any of my previous watches of this episode here. Yeah, I totally like and went it past just, me. this time was like, oh, of course, because Bobo's got the control of metal. But it was just totally missed it. Totally missed it every other time. Yeah, because you're like, you're so into the story, right? You're, you're like, who's going to be yeah. on the other side of that door? You're missing these like little bits of dialogue. And now it's like, oh, it totally makes sense that, yeah. mm -hmm. he, you know, with what he does with metal, even the way he busts out of the door, the metal doors when they leave. Um. But so, yeah, so they let her into the padded cell with Bobo, who's in a straitjacket. And she says, you know, I'm Waverly Gibson. And then she's like, no, Erp. And then he turns over and he says, how can I forget you're my angel? Yeah. And then there's a whole lot of angel talk. And <laughs> it's obvious that like Bobo is he's in on like he knows like that something is messed up in the timeline. He's going on and on and on about like everything's a little different right now like i'm back but it's different why is it different and she waverly's going on about her father and sister being dead and he knows they're in this alternate reality and she's like you know you made me an orphan and he's like no your sister killed your father and and my willa and then me and then he's like why am i back like why am i back now how am i back he's just like having a hard time piecing it all together and then he realizes that Winona must have died. And Waverly's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he just keeps saying Winona. And then she says, that's the second time I've heard that name today. He's like, that's your sister. And then he realizes that it's a spell, but it's a flimsy one. And that Winona is just shaded. Like she's not missing. She's just shaded. And then Waverly wants to get out of there. She's like, all right, you're crazy. I got to get out of here. And um, he's like, no, don't go. I'll you know, I'll do whatever you want. I'll tell you what you want to know. And then she asks about the night at the homestead, why he didn't harm her. And he said, they know no one harms the baby, my angel, which is like such a great way to mm -hmm. go back to that whole vision quest situation too. But then he tells her to fly away and make Winona missing no more. So it's interesting, like, you know, all that angel talk and it's like how much of his talk is literal and how much of it is just he was always told she was his, you know, air quotes, angel. Well, we know from previous episode discussions about the revenants when they get taken down by Peacemaker and how each time they come back just a little more crazy and all. I think it's just wonderful storytelling because, like you said, he came back after Winona died for the 77 seconds or whatever. So he's still going to be a little I don't know what you want to say, woozy or not quite aware of everything. So to have this spell also happening, he also doesn't quite have it all straight that he can kind of be himself and give her direct answers and stuff. He's only grasping part of it. Oh, that's how I view it. He's only mm -hmm. grasping part of what's going on too. Right. And of course, it's the core part of him with the protect 
the baby, mm-hmm. the angel, uh, and all of that. So it's just great to hear little, little drop parts of it throughout the conversation here. Yeah, so much going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, Beth is at the burned out church doing uh, her spells and it's not working because as she's like starting to realize she needs her sister's help to to do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Then back at Shorty's, Waverly's now in the basement and she's going through a trunk of family things and she sees stuff about the herb curse and she's like, oh, it's herb curse. Oh, what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> And she finds her mom's wedding dress and a photo of her and Willa with no Winona. So that's interesting, too, how, like, normally in this photo, it'd be all three of them. And there's no yeah, Winona. but how, how about her pulling out that dress? Did that not I know. Make, take your breath away a bit? Absolutely took my breath away. <laughs> like, that, like, that's when we see the dress, right? And then, mm-hmm. like, to have it come into play later on, too. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. all those things that stick with the story yeah really hit me this time really hit mm-hmm. me. sheriff's office beth has now shown up and she's going to free her sister jeremy tries to shoot at beth doc goes and opens the safe but how does doc get in the safe right mm-hmm. um he gets a gun he shoots <laughs> and then he says just once could i get some bullets that work <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because, like, he's always shooting stuff and, like, none of these bullets are powerful enough, right? (laughs) Please, some universe, can I get some bullets that work? The widows leave. Jeremy pulls his gun on Doc and then Doc says, I keep telling you, you won't hit your target if you keep putting all your weight on your back leg. Jeremy's like, what? Mm. What? What? Mm -hmm. How do you know how I shoot? Like... And he's like, and wait a minute, how'd you know to the combo to the safe? Like, dolls won't even tell me that. And then Dark uh, Doll, ugh, Doc starts to tell him, you know, listen, this is going to start. I'm crazy. But can you imagine, like, having to try to explain to somebody, like, listen, especially a scientist. Um, it's like we're in an alternate reality. And finally, he convinces Jeremy that they know each other, you know, telling him little details about himself that only a friend would know. And then... I like the cutest part is when he puts his hat on Jeremy and he's like, you know, what we really, what I really need is like another hero. It's like sold, right? All Jeremy's desires are fulfilled <laughs> of all time. <laughs> like I get to work alongside Doc Holiday. I'm in and wear his hat. Mm-hmm. So cute. And doesn't, doesn't he put his hat on him in season four Oh, he does. Four I seen, yeah. Uh, is it on the bar when they're all at the bar when they're talking about the wedding? Could be, could be. For some reason, I feel like he's wearing it there too, but maybe not. So yeah, so he's like, okay, at least like he's got Jeremy on board, right? And then we are back in Shorty's basement, and now Waverly is wearing Mama's dress, and you know she's kind of like talking to Mama and saying how you know she used to hate her for leaving, but she gets it. This town is too hard. And then she hears a sound from upstairs and she grabs her shotgun and it turns out it's Doc. And he's like, you know, please don't. Or she's like, please don't hurt me. I'm getting ma- married. And he's like, what? You are. <laughs> and he's like, please tell me there's a part of you that knows me, which is so, so sad. Oh, I know. And Just the beginning of sad. for. This I scene. know. God. He's <laughs> like, um, she's like, I know that, you know, you're a criminal and a murderer. And he's like, well, part of that's right. And he starts going on about how, you know, we need to get her back. And then Doll shows up and there's a shootout. And Doc's like, you know, we know each other. Like, we're on the same team. Dig deep. I know, you you know, it's in there somewhere. You know that we're on the same team. And then he's like, you're a good man with semi-reptilian tendencies. And Waverly's hiding behind the bar. And she's like, What? And that's when you can see Dolls is shocked. He's like, how does he know this about me, right? Mm. And then Doc says, I don't want to be a dick about it, but I can outshoot you. <laughs> anytime. Yeah, anytime. And then he does. Like, he ends up shooting him. And, like, I don't know. This whole scene is, like, the blood is flying everywhere. And it's slow-mo. And then he, you know, Dolls 
goes down and then Doc goes running up to him and he's shocked because he's like, what are you doing? Like, you never leave the office without your armor. And then he's like, you know, I'm going to make this right. You know, this this wound should be fine. You're, you know, it's just like, like you didn't hit him in a bad spot. And then we hear another gunshot and Dolls shoots Doc. Like, mm. That was more blank. shocking than Doc shooting him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that hurt. That hurt. That was one of those. Ooh! And it was like so like you could see the blood like come oh, yeah. out of his it back. Was, yeah. And then, you know, in like the surprising twist, like, you know, Waverly was like afraid of him and like, don't, you know, don't hurt me. Don't shoot me. And then he gets shot and she runs straight to him. It's like she can't even help herself. And he says to her, you look so beautiful in that dress. Mm. And then she's like, it was my mom's. And he tells her to find the Iron Witch and destroy the trophy. You need to save the child and you save Winona. And she's like, I don't know who that is. And then he says, she's the only one who can save us from all this baby girl. He baby girls her. He baby girls her. The only time in the entire series anyone but Winona says baby girl. I almost texted you when I was watching this. I was like, now I'm going to save it for the pod. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I rewound. Take a breath. Take a breath. This was a sit back and take a breath. This was tough to watch, especially that first time through. Oh, my goodness. Losing, losing what we thought we lost dolls here and then losing Doc and not knowing if the whole alternate universe was going to carry forward. This was brutal. It was. And and like looking forward and they how how doc and waverly's relationship has progressed right yes he's the best man to have like in this universe where like a second ago she was afraid of him and calling him a murderer and then like as soon as this happens she's like immediately drawn to him and how he's just like you look so beautiful in that dress but then he gets to see her in it again season four yeah i know i know part of the reason why this is even more emotional this time through but he baby girled her. Uh-huh. Oh. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. And and that even gets to her. She's like, what did you call me? Yeah. And then he dies. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. We don't know how this alternative universe is going to pan out. Cool. So now we have him dead. We didn't know that Dolls ends up crawling out. But yeah, it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Oh, crap on so many levels. So many levels. <laughs> oh, it's like one more episode left. And now we've got Wynona's missing. They don't even know what's going on. You know, Doc's dead. Uh, anyways, then the next thing we see is a very distraught Waverly in Nicole's squad car. She's being handed tissues and she's just she's thanking Nicole for coming to get her. Nicole just like brushing it off, saying, you know, it's standard operating procedure. Waverly says, we both know that's not true. Waverly's like, I'm sorry, I'm such a mess. And she's going on about how upset she is about Doc saying, you know, he's a criminal and violent and a huge part of why purgatory went to shit. But when he died, and then she starts asking Nicole if she ever met someone and knew instantly in her heart that they were, that they meant something to you. And Nicole's like, yeah, I might kind of get that. This whole scene is all the way classic classic scenes defining an entire relationship defining a show yeah right here right here she goes on about how he told her to find the iron witch and she's like i think he means a literal witch like a real witch Mm -hmm. nicole's like yeah this whole town is supernatural central (laughs) everybody's like what i can't believe you said that out loud and she calls her brave And she's like, you know, do you know where this witch is? Nicole's like, yeah. And she's like, well, would it be super illegal for you to just like tell me her address? She's like, yeah, but if I just happen to blow off of work and we pass by. And then the iconic line where Waverly says, you do that for me. She says, I do a lot of things to you. (laughs) What a delivery, huh? What delivery? Such a good, like such a good line. She's like, you mean for me? And Nicole's like, oh, yeah, that too. Oh, good. 
I, I knew I knew when I did the body swap panel at Earp Expo this year, I had to get this scene on there. Mm. Had to. Had to find a way to do it. And Too then, iconic not to. Of course, the absolute iconic when Waverly says, you know, Officer Hot, you always smell like vanilla dipped donuts. They are my favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where it comes from. Like, if you ask anyone in the fandom what Nicole Hot smells like, they're going to tell you vanilla dipped donuts. Uh huh. Uh huh. Again, just cornerstones, cornerstones yeah. to a fandom. <laughs> yeah. It's all from this. And it just went on forever, right? Like, yeah. Yep, we yep, don't even yep. know if it's true because that's the alternate reality. But from <laughs> here on out, that's what she smells like. Mm-hmm. And at the edge of town, Jeremy has found dolls and he's got a first aid kit and he's there to help him. And dolls is going on about how he needs to complete the mission. And dolls is in a bad way. And he's just talking about how he killed Doc, but it felt empty. And then he says, I think he was my friend. And then he says, why Nona? And dies. And poor Jeremy is just, what a scene. Like he's in tears. We don't know how much of this is like real. Now we're like, okay, great. (laughs) Doc's dead. Dolls is dead. And I spent the whole rest of this episode, like wondering like who, who's going to make it out? Like, I, I felt like the odds were really good that at least somebody was going to die in this episode. Mm-hmm. Even though it was an alternate universe or alternate reality. We are then with the Iron Witch. Waverly and Nicole are with Greta. And they're talking about how she thinks the world is under a spell. And like, why would you wish for this, Greta? And Greta's like, I don't get it either. My, look at my world. It's shit. She's got <laughs> like an eye patch. Like things are not turning out great for her. And her sister is still dead. And Nicole recognizes the name. And she's like, oh, yeah, she was killed by the Jack of Knives, which isn't true, right? Right. That's, she was killed by Clutie in the real world, right? Isn't yeah. How yes. She did? yeah. Yes. Yes. Like mm-hmm. the real world. But mm-hmm. um, it's like, okay. But so, yeah. So, she, you know, she recognizes that. And Greta goes on about how she just wanted to change the past. And what she ended up doing was wishing your sister gone. But wishes are too literal and it ended up erasing her like she never existed. And Waverly says, oh, Winona. And then Greta's like, oh, do you remember her? And she's like, no, but people keep saying her name. And she asks if those people were people who were touched by the demonic. And she's like, yeah. And Doc Holliday. And that's when Greta realizes, oh, well, his hand was on the trophy when I made the wish, which ended up making him immune. And he kept his memories, blah, blah, blah. and then she's, she's like talking about her spell and she's like, oh, it's cheap glamour. It's like she's like dissing her own spell. <laughs> and Waverly's like, oh, yeah, the Marzenuk. And then she's like, how did I know? Like she says this name and she's like, wait, how did I know that? And um, and then she grabs Waverly and Nicole's like instantly in protective mode. Right. And she's like, you know, get your hands off of her. And they're like, we're going to get out of here. And Greta's like, no, listen, you know, I've been working on this reversal spell I can lift the glamour for a few seconds. So then she does this spell and like this cool thing happens where like the camera swirls around and there's like these lights and they're all back to wearing what they were wearing um, at the end of 212. And they start to remember what happened. And Waverly starts remembering Wynona and she's like smiling, saying her name. And she's like, Wynona, warm and funny. And then Nicole interrupts saying, or finishes her so- her thought saying, insanely protective. And then Waverly says, hair like a mare with a Hollywood stylist. And then she's like, oh, but then I betrayed her. And then she whispers, because I love you, which makes Nicole like totally smile. And then the oh, spell yeah. is gone. Just for a few seconds. So. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. idea. Beautiful staging of how to do it. That whole idea of the rotating you know the visual and then the out like you said the outfits changing to before and on to this i just you know this is just i thought a beautiful way to do it yeah so creative and like you know yeah. it was just like this quick thing and this is just but what a cool added detail and um 
the spell is gone, but it turns out the memory of the memory remains. And they realize that they need to get the trophy from the homestead, but they're going to have trouble doing it because it's impenetrable. So then Waverly goes back to St. Jude's and she's going to ask Bobo for help. And he's like, whatever my angel wants. And she's like, I need to get back on the homestead, but it's crawling with revenants. And he's like, oh, um, then that means the talisman was never dug up. And then he's like, you know, untie me, help me break out. And this seat is so funny because he's like, you know, crazy Bobo, but he's like whipping people with his straight jacket. <laughs> he's it's like, just Michael Eklund going off. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And then um, I think it was in the I don't know if it was in the behind the scenes or in the postmortem where Emily was like, Dom was just so great with Michael because like Dom didn't break at all. And Michael would just go all Michael in these scenes and be all up in Dom's face, like touching them and like just being all kinds of crazy. And Dom just stayed totally straight in it. I don't know how they could do that. I know. I'd love to see some outtakes of that. I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny too, because like, he's like, I like your boots. I want your boots. I like your coat. I want your coat. So, and it just so happens, like, it's like someone wearing a big fur coat, right? So it's like Bobo's got his outfit back. Yep. <laughs> by stealing parts of it on his way out of the mental asylum. And then he busts through the metal doors because that's what he does. And Nicole's just waiting there. So cool. Like just opens the car door for him as he like goes right in. The uh, the timing was perfect. It's like Nicole was the getaway car. And then we're just like, I don't know, in the middle of some street somewhere. And Jeremy's there and Rosita shows up and puts a gun to his head. And it turns out, you know, Rosita was this asset and is there because dolls didn't make the rendezvous. And Jeremy goes on saying that he thinks Black Badge has been lying to them and that they're trying to harness the power of the paranormal. And that Doc says that space and time has been compromised. And then he he proves it to her by just like saying things like, can you even tell me what's happened in the past? Like, how did you get here? How did you do this? How did you do that? And she's like, oh yeah, I can't. And they come to the conclusion that it's like, all some kind of simulation by drugs in the water supply, which is kind of funny because it's not that at all, but this is what they've, they've figured out, right? And then um, the sisters are at the church. They're doing their spell, but um, you know they're unable to, I, I guess what they're trying to do is break the ring, right? But they're just not powerful enough to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, to help try to raise including. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we're at the pet cemetery and Bobo's like doing all this thinking out loud. He's still like trying to figure out how this alternate reality is working. And he's like, okay, if we bring Winona back, what does that mean for me? And that's a nail in my coffin. <laughs> Nicole's like, what is this slam poetry night? <laughs> and he says, she's funny. You should keep her. <laughs> and um, in the script, Waverly says, I think I will, which is interesting. In the script, she says, I think I will, Bobo, please help me. But in the show, she just says, Bobo, please help me. Then he starts kind of questioning things. He's like, I know I said I'd never hurt you, but that was before. And it almost seems like he's going to kind of go against his word. But then he stops himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, again, this is, as I was saying earlier, he's getting a better grasp on exactly what's what's what, because he's back in the real world. and this real world is in a false reality. So like, and he said it out loud, you know, a few seconds earlier, what, you know, what's to my advantage here? He has his commitment to his angel, but like he said too out loud, I can't hurt you with that. Doesn't mean I have to do things that help you kind of, you know, I just, I love seeing how it's all just registering in his head. Yeah. And how conflicted he is. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I made this promise to my angel, but like, what do any of those things mean anymore in this weird messed up world we're in? Mm -hmm. um, but it almost seems like his constitution is like stronger. Like it's still very strong and he like doesn't go against his word. Um, so he's like, you know, dig under the hamster because the amylite will blow them off the homestead. And then as she's digging, the widows start coming and he Bobo then goes on to the homestead. And when he appears, 
the revenants are kind of torn because like they've had the sworn loyalty to doc but now bobo's back so they have this like conflict where some of them are like no we're like doc's the boss and they're like but bobo's the boss and bobo's here and um then we're like basically back to the opening scene where nicole's protecting waverly and she's like god you're so cool hot (laughs) (laughs) burning tires going by um and then i didn't even notice until i had read it in the postmortem where emily talks about waverly shooting someone off a atv i didn't even notice that like she's shooting people too i just saw noticed nicole shooting people but like waverly Mm -hmm. shoots someone right off an atv at one point and jeremy and rosita are in the barn and jeremy's trying to tell them you know we think bbd's gone rogue and waverly's like yeah well you think that's bad we need to find a hockey trophy and she's (laughs) like it's much worse than it sounds And then her phone rings and it's Perry and she answers it, which is just hilarious because like they're in the middle of this situation and she's like, oh, excuse me, I got to take a call. But um, thank goodness she does, because then we get the great line where she's like, hi, Pear. Yeah, sure. Raspberry cream sounds great. I can't really talk. I'm in a barn wired to explode. And also, I think I'm gay. Call you later. (laughs) (laughs) Just looking at her like, what? What? Dom's delivery is just amazing. So good. They they hit some just the tone and everything is just amazing. Yeah, that chirpy like Waverlyisms. Mm-hmm. The widows are on the land. They have Bobo. <laughs> Rosita sees them. It's like, what's gotten hot sauce in their panties? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's like Victoria's Secret Black Lace Edition. <laughs> so many good one liners in this like. Times of stress, right? Mm-hmm. Jeremy suddenly knows they're called widows, and he's like, "Wait, why do? How do I know they're called widows?" Rosita's like, "There's a trophy behind the wheelbarrow. If that helps." And Waverly goes and gets that. And it's just mayhem outside. And Nicole's like, "I don't think we're gonna make it." Jeremy, Jeremy's back to his like, "I can't die. I've only had sex when I have times." And then Waverly's like, "Guys, we're not gonna die." <laughs> Nicole's like, "I love your optimism, but I just really don't see a way." <laughs> this right now and then Waverly's like right unless we die which does not seem like a good idea at all but um she's figured out that if they destroy the trophy with fire like the witch said then Winona should return and Waverly says dying may be our only chance of living and then Nicole grabs her hand it says where you go, I go. Ding, 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 ding. Oh and an entire fandom melted. And then we get it again <laughs> later, like when she's at the stairs, and then it's the banner and the flipping wedding. Like, come on. This is where I say the rewatches, man, things hit differently, don't they? When you like, know something like that. How it's going to come back and what it means. You get to re-experience it. Man. Season two. And then for it to be. Mm -hmm. And that's just like when it did show up in season four like that. Mm -hmm. I was just like. That's right. And to think that. Like that's been Nicole's mantra for their relationship the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Where you go, I go. And then I died a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you were not and... alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then they say for Winona, and then they have this big kiss. And Jeremy's like, I don't even know who Winona is, but okay, fine. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> and then they hit the explosive. And then they're all back in their old clothes. So apparently it worked. Nicole immediately starts saying, I'm sorry, and smooching on Waverly. And their explosive hairdos are hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. The whole outfits, the exploded, which I um, I wore the exploded outfit because um, Jill got it. Oh, cool. I tried it on when we were in Canada. Very, <laughs> very, cool. very dirty. We all had like black stuff all over. <laughs> so much soot. It was also but, cool that night when it aired, too, that Emily coined the unkillable gay squad quote. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Actually, I think that's what she wrote on my script. Yeah. Unkillable gay squad. Yeah. Yeah. That was when she popped that out on Twitter. That uh, that was something. Yeah. That's great. The gays, all the three of them, they're all just fine. Bobo's still alive and the widows are prying him for information. And um, because their rings told them like that things were moved around and he tells them that in all of his years of digging for the sons, he ended up finding Cludy's coffin and he's like, I'm not going back to hell and old Cludy can ensure that I don't ensure that I don't ensure that, you know, he doesn't. And then they convince him that they can make sure that Cludy like helps him out, helps him out. And then Bobo helps him because he can do stuff with metal. So he breaks that ring. No problem. The third seal is broken. Yes. And it's not going to be good. And the next thing we see is Winona for the first time this episode. She wakes up in a field saying, you know, muttering something about the plate. And then she quickly checks on the baby saying like, oh, were you out too? And as she's coming to, it's just like quiet for a second. And she's just enjoying the silence for a minute. And um, Emily talks about this part with Bridget. And she says, the saddest part for me was when she woke up and had a moment of being like, what if we just stayed here? It was a moment of peace that she so rarely gets. And then Bridget replies, we only got Melanie for less than two minutes and she still managed to break our heart. <laughs> so true mm -hmm. and um so her silence is broken because she sees the widows and bobo walk by and then she sees that doc's ring is broken and she's like "Ugh, this is like she says now Not we're good. all gonna buy it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. and then she gets a cramp and it says not now to the baby as we like hear this growl and see the face of what we know is now Cludy. Mm -hmm. And that's the end. And then we're only going to have one episode left. Yeah. How's that feel? Ready to leave you. Wow. I mean, For yay. Week, one episode back. Right. We know that she's alive, mm -hmm. but going into the next episode, we don't know who else is alive. Nope. Or what any of this time, like alternate reality has done like if there's any lasting effects of it mm -hmm. that's crazy and then that's like would be the the season finale how do they do that <laughs> just leave people hanging like that <laughs> welcome to erp right because then you're like oh my god who's still dead like is doll's who's dead, dead? Who's is alive dead? the seal's then, broken like, what the heck's gonna happen and then not only is that horrible, but like, oh, so fast forward, like we know they're alive, right? Spoiler. Mm -hmm. But then to have dolls die, like not too long after that, it's like everyone thought maybe he was dead for a minute and then like, oh, no, he's fine. But then he really does die like a couple episodes later. That's mm -hmm. some crazy torture. Just as yeah. we got over the emotional trauma of like finding out he wasn't dead, he just goes and dies again. Yes, we do have that coming up, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the reminder, Anne. <laughs> oh, have you not seen this show? Let me spoil it for you. <laughs> I'm trying to compartmentalize here. Only so much I can take at a time, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was that. And, like, I did like in the BTS how the cast talks so much about one of the stars of the show being Alberta which was kind of cool. Mel talks about like how the landscape really helps them get lost in the show. Like they just really mm. feel like they're somewhere else entirely. And then I think in the episode two, like it was like they had snow, but then all of a sudden it got really warm while they were shooting. And then like the next thing, like Winona's instead of laying in snow, Winona's laying in grass because everything melted and everything got muddy and just, how things can change so quickly in that kind of landscape. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought too, what was really cool was hearing Dom talk about how they had to do all this homework because, you know, in this episode, Winona, like this is the world without Winona. What would that be like? And they ended up kind of reinventing 
who Waverly is without Winona, which I hadn't really thought about. Just like that behind the scenes character work that they kind of do. Like, what would this look like for Waverly on several different levels? Just like the, how it would change their personality, and the, the decisions that they make. Yeah, and they impact all the other characters too. I mean, Doc gets to be the one that still remembers Winona, so he can be more true to his true self, but then you've also got dolls and a bit with Nicole and Jeremy. So yeah, it's interesting for the actors. It's not like they're playing different characters, but they are slightly different because of the impact of Winona. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating to kind of think about how between what's scripted, but also how you take and use that. I mean, the biggest part is probably for Waverly, but it, it does impact everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how, like, how it impacted Nicole. Well, I mean, the the fact that she's not there, I mean, she's pining for Waverly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Waverly is with Harry. So it's, you know. Yeah, Nicole's... that butterfly effect of like yeah. Waverly not um, maybe reaching her true potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, then... and, and Nicole not being able to be her true self to a mm-hmm. certain degree by having to just admire Waverly from a distance, so to speak pickles and all <laughs> and emily <laughs> talks in the behind the scenes too about how just how obvious it is that waverly and nicole are destined for each other in any universe mm-hmm. um and then cat also talks about how they they still have this thing that's pulling them together like mm-hmm. invisible this invisible thread that's like still tying them together i like that a lot mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah and i loved I loved in the postmortem too, uh, when Bridget brought up to Emily, you know, the having Doc say the baby girl line and, you know, how much it hit all of us. And, and I love Emily talking about, uh, you know, quote, I know, what do you mean you can't believe it? Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> all I want to do is make you feel things. I didn't make you cry and get dehydrated. And I feel like I failed the Urpers. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we had Emily doing to us every week for those who came in a little later. <sighs> every week leaving us leaving us out that part. But it was all interesting, too, when she talked about the fact that that scene was the last one that they shot this year. Yeah. So it's just interesting, again, with the block shooting and doing a couple episodes at a time, you know. Everybody always assumes, you know, the finale scene is what gets shot last. And oftentimes it's not. Right. And for them, like this would be their, you know, their last time having that scene together on mm-hmm. set. Yep. So like yep. kind of their goodbye to, to each other. Yeah. For season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know like exactly which scenes were like goodbyes for everyone from each season. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the postmortem, Emily, uh, they, Emily and Bridget talk about the music in this episode and Bridget's, you know, talking about one of the song choices in the um, in the pickle scene. And she's like, oh, this, you know, just was like a fun, fun song in the scene. And Emily's just says, Andrea is so good at her job, though, that even songs that get left on the sidelines are so good. I'm always like, remind me to use that if we're lucky enough to get another season. She has such a good handle on what Winona is and the tone which just like additional props to Andrea Higgins. Um, I was lucky enough to talk to her for The Serper Life and just hearing the way she talks about these characters and how she can just like describe them musically is so amazing. She's just, she's so incredibly talented at what she does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Had the same pleasure of talking to her as well. Just one of those minds you can just tell so much goes into it and we all get to benefit from what we hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she like sees people in music, like musically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, Again, that's sweet. what you're seeing people who are so good at what they do <laughs> and just appreciating, you know, what goes into it that I could just never imagine myself being able to do. And they just see something or hear something and they know that it fits a, a visual, you know, it's just fascinating. Yeah, I mean, like so many people describe someone with something visually, like, you know, they're tall, they're short, they have this color mm-hmm. hair. And she's like, you know, 
Waverly has this kind of sound and she's like yeah. bouncy and this and this like oh my gosh you really have a grasp of these characters how's the how's the gang gonna pull out of this mess yeah no one episode left and it's a doozy as we say every single finale every time. single time I love too how like we just see them in their exploded clothes on the front porch and like Nicole's just like in like bedroom slippers at this hospital gown <laughs> outside <laughs> their hair is just nuts i think that's also the um it doesn't doesn't waverly get the nickname caverly from from that episode yes just like from this from cave this woman yes. waverly <laughs> yes because <laughs> she's gonna you know as we know we'll see that too at the beginning of the finale she uh, reunites with winona Mm-hmm. And the two of them hug and kind of talk things out. All right. Well, if you have any feedback for us, again, um, you know, we just celebrated our one year anniversary. Thank you so much for listening and um, participating with us and giving us feedback and shouting out things to us as we go along. It's um, it's really been fun to be able to do that with you guys. If you want to visit us, you can always do that at herpologypodcast.com. You can leave us a voicemail. Um, you can also email us directly on our website at herpologypodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can always find us on Twitter at herpology underscore pod. Yep, as Ann said, it's most of the fun after we release an episode and you folks are sharing the different things from live tweeting, listening to things you saw that we didn't or vice versa or things you appreciated we saw. This, this is what makes it so much fun. So can't thank you folks enough for being a part of this by doing that. Until next time. Bye. Take care, all.